This episode was recorded in memory of Brian Broom, who passed away on Wednesday evening. He was a longtime Hamilton Tiger Cats fan and a friend and a follower of our show. You're listening to the Onside CFL Fantasy Show with Dave Dawson and Dan the Stats Guy, the place for news, stats, and projections for CFL fantasy football. For written articles on CFL fantasy each week, visit 3downnation.com. Now here's the guys with this week's show. Moving into week number 16 of the Canadian Football League season, this is episode 72 of the Onside CFL Fantasy Show. Dave Dawson and Dan the Stats Guy. Diversity is Strength is the name of the campaign of the Canadian Football League. We're proud to have subscribers that are male and female in the Canadian Football League. A bit of a shout out to Cam Newton this week, Dan the Stats Guy. Well, maybe a disclaimer for Cam Newton. Cam, we're going to allow females to listen to the matchup segment. I know we're going to be talking about receiver routes and we're going to be talking about the roles that receivers play, but I know for a fact there's a lot of female DFS players that are owning it on DraftKings and on the CFL uh, game. So we're going to allow the females to, to listen to that segment and uh, know that they're going to understand it way more than maybe we will. So uh, shout out to all of our female listeners. You can listen to this, and we appreciate your support. We have a lot of support in the Canadian Football League office as well, not to mention a former guest that we did have, the Senior Vice President of Marketing, Marketing and Digital Content for the Canadian Football League, and Christina Letts, we had her on the show before, and I know that uh, they're listening. There's a lot of female uh, employees in the Canadian Football League office, and we celebrate their knowledge of the game. Well, and I was going to say exactly that, Dave. You know, you look at their in the office area, there's also some talented CFL writers across the league, but also in the CFL office. One comes to mind, our friend Christina Costable, and uh, the put, stuff that she puts up there out there, she knows her Canadian Football League may be up there with anybody. Yeah, and I think, uh, why don't we just end it on the fact that people are people. So male or female, uh, I know that there's a lot of knowledge in the Canadian Football League and in the daily fantasy sports side. So we're happy to have all people listen to this podcast. Well, why don't we get right into the injuries, and that's normally where we do start, and a couple of big uh, matchups as we get into the matchups a little bit later on, and I know that the Calgary Stampeders are in by this week, so that'll change things a little bit for some of your top-heavy guys you might plug into the lineup, but let's start, first of all, with a game last week that the Bombers uh, were in Edmonton and had came out of there a little bit banged up. Andrew Harris was one of the main injuries in the running back spot, but it sounds like he should be okay. He should be okay. He's on the depth chart. It was a lower body injury. It took him out of the game, and it's a type of situation. They have to be careful with him. You talk about Jerome Messam in Calgary. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are a team that are essentially guaranteed playoffs now, so they have to be careful with their workhorse and Andrew Harris and make sure that he's not banged up. You know, and, and when we get into the matchups, we'll talk about it more, but that might be the only concern we have about him this week. Yeah, and there's a Canadian receiver as a Canadian running back is Andrew Harrison, a Canadian receiver that'll be out of action this week for the Bombers. Julian Fuligadino will be out of the lineup. He's been banged up for a couple weeks, and this injury will take him out of the lineup. So Matt Coates, the former Hamilton Hurricane, will get the start on the field side. And Drew Waltarski will draw into the lineup for the first time, the supplemental draft pickup for the Bombers earlier in the season. And Mo Leggett is another injury. He went down for a series or two. Um, actually, most of the third quarter, I believe it was, of the Sam linebacker spot with an upper body injury, but he should be okay. He's on the depth chart for the game on Friday. Moving to the Hamilton Ticats, another guy who's off of the sixth game and onto the depth chart is a big one, the Canadian guy down the middle. Yeah, normally we don't have too many linemen that we include on this list, but you have to include Ted Laurent on this list. Taken off the six games, so that'll help them with the ratio. It'll help also help them in terms of trying to shut down Andrew Harris and Timothy Flanders in the run game and uh, getting pressure on Matt Nichols in the backfield. DeMond Washington's out of the lineup this week for the Ticats, and we'll get to that when we talk about the matchups. Moving into Saturday's games, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Deron Carter, it looks like he aggravated that ankle again last game. Yeah, went down again. It looked like a fairly innocent play, but calls the trainers over. It's going to be one to monitor again. A down week from him again this past week as he continues to battle that injury, but against the Toronto Argonauts, he's going to be up to try to get the Rough Riders another win in a non-division game. There's going to be a couple of updates on the defensive side of the ball as well for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, one of them, a former NFLer who might not be in action this week. Yeah, a couple former NFLers, but yeah, Otha Foster, the Sam linebacker, because of his back injury, some tightness in his back, it appears he'll be out of the lineup. So you can expect Derek Moncrief, who had started there 
earlier on in the season and I believe did get an interception during one of the games. He'll spell into the lineup in his place. And also a defensive side injury as well for the Riders. Uh, AC Leonard looks like he'll be out for a couple of weeks. Yeah, so the Riders will bring Rakeem Cox into the lineup and so uh, that'll be one to be coming off the edge. The, the Rough Riders will go with the combination of Jefferson and Cox. Well, and to go with one of their running backs, we'll talk about in the matchups, and I know a lot of people are excited about that. One guy that won't be stopping him in the run game is Marcus Ball. He's going to be out, and that's a massive injury for the Argos. A foot injury for Marcus Ball, and he's an interesting player for the Argos because he plays all over the linebacking group, and I know for a lot of people it's a little bit of a confusing thing. In their base defense, Marcus Ball will start at the Sam linebacker spot and has been taking reps there. When they move into their nickel defense, he has been shifting over to the Will linebacker. And last week, Kadarius Ford came into the lineup when they were into the coverage system. So Ball's out of the lineup. So one player that you can anticipate is Terrence Plummer at the Will linebacker to play all three downs. It could be Cassius Vaughn at the Sam linebacker spot or as I mentioned before, Kadarius Ford also could see time there as well. To the back half of the doubleheader on Saturday. Big, big injury return for the Ottawa Red Blacks and probably the biggest return of all players this week back in the lineup. Trevor Harris, the quarterback with that separated shoulder, will be back in action this week. Well, and this is one of those things, Dave, that's going to affect multiple parts of your lineup because now you can consider Greg Ellingson and Brad Sinopoli in that upper upper realm again. It was a little bit of a struggle for Ryan Lindley to get the ball to them. So now you have that uh, chemistry, that ability of a quarterback to get the ball downfield to his big targets. One thing we noticed on Thursday morning at the time of recording that Adrian James has taken off the active roster, the Sam linebacker for the Red Blacks, and we would imagine Nick Taylor would join for that. Yeah, Nick Taylor earlier on in the year has played the Sam linebacker. This will be one to monitor as Jarrell Gavins is also expected to be back in the lineup coming back from his concussion. Last week, Winston Rose came in and played the field halfback spot, so Gerard Baltimore will go back to the field halfback with Gavins back in the lineup. It is Thanksgiving weekend, so there will be a game on Monday. And for the BC Lions, no injuries of significance to finish off that doubleheader on Saturday, moving into Monday. Uh, the Edmonton Eskimos, one massive injury was Trayvon Van, but uh, I think they may, they'll be able to fill that hole fairly respectably. Yeah, made the trade earlier in the week to acquire C.J. Gable from the Hamilton, Hamilton Tiger Cats. And Gable is one of those guys that has the talent. It's just whether or not he'll get the usage. Now he gets into an offense in Edmonton where they do use that running back anticipate that he'll get similar usage to Tr Trayvon Van and Ladarius Perkins, so that brings up his value each and every week. And Darian Durant, quarterback for the Montreal Alouettes, still seems to be banged up, and Drew Willie's been taking first-team reps. A hamstring injury for Darian Durant has kept him out for a couple weeks here, although I think they also want to give Drew, Drew Willie a bit of a look and see what he brings to their offense. Willie actually didn't look too bad against the Calgary Stampeders in a losing cause, so they might give him a little bit more of an extended look in the game against Edmonton this week. Trade deadline October 11th. I'm just going to drop that in there for no particular reason whatsoever. And Calgary Stampeders are on by this week, and uh, we may as well roll through a couple of them. Roy Finch on the offensive side of the ball was uh, on crutches when he left that game last time, and then a couple of defensive injuries, Ja'Garrett Davis and Brandon Smith. Both left last week's game but did return. Yeah, well, in, in the case of Davis, he actually... Didn't see much in the second half. He was more of a spectator later on in the game. So I think that would be one if it was a closer game, he would have been back. Brandon Smith left the game and did not, or but did return. And for Roy Finch, it's an ankle injury they're going to be keeping an eye on during the bye week. That'll wrap up your injuries for week number 16. Now team defense, beginning with the Hamilton Ticats, who may be the steal of the week at 4000 and the lowest priced unit. They've climbed up the turnover ladder and are quietly third in the CFL with 30 sacks and actually lead in forced fumbles with 13. However, they allow 34 points per game and are last in interceptions with six. The Bombers are in the usual spot, priced near the top at 5,100 and maybe the safest play of Week 16. Their points against continue to drop, now at 28 per game, and as usual, they lead in picks with 18. However, the sack total remains middle of the pack at 27, and they forced 11 fumbles, which leaves them tied for second in the CFL. Saskatchewan walks into BMO Field in Toronto, priced at 4800 for what could shape up as the low-scoring affair of Week 16, or it's one of those ones that could be a, up in the air one way or the other. But with that being said, much like we said in Week 1, by the time we hit season's end, the Riders' D will be among the best. They allow 25 points per game, or third in the league in picks, second in forced fumbles, but are actually seventh in sacks, 
with only 22. At 4400 bucks, the Argos were a value play on D for the week and have been nearly unbeatable this season at home, outscoring teams 213 to 159, an average of 22 points per game. The double blue leads the CFL in sacks at 42, are middle of the road with 10 forced fumbles and the same number in interceptions. While they welcome Kevin Glenn, who is second in the CFL with interceptions tossed. The Ottawa Redblacks welcome back their star quarterback, which should take some pressure off of their D unit. You'll find them priced at 4600 this week, middle of the pack. In the same spot, you'll find them in most statistical categories, either there or near the bottom. Their last in force fumbles with five, second last in picks with eight, but actually only allow 23 points per game. Meanwhile in Vancouver, the jury's still out on which BC Lions team will show up week to week. What we do know is they're priced at an affordable 4300 What we also know is they've had success picking the ball this year with 12 interceptions. Quarterback pressure is down with only 21, but that could change with defensive end Alex Bazzi back in the lineup. Their second last and forced fumbles at 7 and allow 26 points per game on average. The Edmonton Eskimos are expected to walk into Montreal and make poutine of the Alouettes, priced at 5200 for Week 16. Edmonton has 12 picks, 29 sacks, and 9 forced fumbles. Most of those turnovers, however, were in their first 7 games, and they've been allowing 29 points per contest overall. It's a bit of a wait and see how they do in Montreal, which we'll get to at matchups, who, believe it or not, still have a shot at making the playoffs. And this will come as the shock of the week, but the Owls are not the cheapest defense for Week 16 at 4100 How bad can this one be after getting hosed for 59 points last week? Well, why don't you wait for matchups, which is coming up right away. And that'll sack team defenses for Week 16. In Week 16's matchups, beginning on Friday night in Winnipeg, the Hamilton Ticats, Jeremiah Mazzoli, $8,700 on DraftKings. Then Luke Tasker will be the guy that he'll be looking at. 113 targets on the year, 8.7 per game on average. That's 72 catches. He's got a 64% catch percentage and a $7,200 salary on DraftKings. And Tasker has kind of been and always has been the, the top targeted guy, regardless if it's Caleros or if it is Jeremiah Masoli. That'll be up against Mo Leggett of the Bombers in the Sam linebacker spot and had a pretty decent outing last time. Well, the CFL came out with a kind of a statistic pro projection, Dave, and it looks like we're on pace to have up to four CFL receivers over 100 catches. One of those, of course, being Andrew Harris, but another one that's in the list here is Luke Tasker. He's a guy that's getting fed each and every game might not have many yards after the catch or an average uh, per catch number that's very high, but he does get fed, and this is a PPR format that we're talking about on DraftKings. So the thing with Tasker is there's always going to be those targets and catches. This week he goes up against the banged-up Mo Leggett of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and Leggett so far this season, 6.6 .6 targets per game, 4.5 catches, a 68% completion rate, 49.9 yards per game. As far as Sam linebackers go, his catch uh, percentage is amongst the very lowest, and so he's shutting guys down. Shaq Richardson is maybe his only competition at that spot, and as far as yardage goes, he's also towards the bottom. Luke Tasker in this matchup, last time out, five catches, 64 yards. He was the top targeted guy, but that, that was back in the days when the the Cats weren't very good in week number eight, a 39 to 12 Blue Bombers win. Jalen Saunders, that week 84 targets on the year, seven on average per game, 51 catches, 61% catch percentage, $7,800 salary on DraftKings for week number 16. That's the field side slot back to the outside. That'll go up against Brian Walker in that field halfback position. Well, the most targeted position for the Bombers and for anybody at the field halfback spot has been when Brian Walker's been in there for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, nine targets per game to the outside slot back on the field side, 63% catch uh, percentage and 94.3 yards per game. That's the highest amongst people at that position at the field halfback. Previous outing for Saunders, four catches for 33 yards. Brandon Banks is a guy that uh, was still in that kick return duty the last time these two teams did meet. So only one catch uh, for no yards in the last outing. But Banks on the season so far, 55 targets on the year, 4.2 on average per game, 29 catches, 53% catch percentage, and a $6,500 salary on DraftKings. That'll put him up against Chris Rand.
Randall. And if you watched the game last week, that's pretty much what you're going to get out of Chris Randall week in and week out. Uh, 5.8 targets, 3.5 catches on the season, 61% catch percentage. So not one that we're going to be very high on for week number 16. And then Andy Fantuz, in the two games he's played and averaging six targets per game, a 50% catch percentage, a $4,400 salary on DraftKings. He'll be lining up in that boundary slot back position. That'll go up against uh, TJ Heath, the boundary half for the Bombers. Well, and Heath, this is a position that is right up with the numbers for the other averages at the boundary halfback, 7.2 targets per game, 60% completion rate. That's towards the lowest that are being allowed in 54.5 yards. That is the lowest at the boundary halfback position. Heath has picked it up the last couple of weeks. And this matchup against Fantus, you're going to see a lot of crossing routes and Fantus catching sort of that five or six yard pass that he did last week. It could be a similar output from him. Not a lot of catches, but again, a low salary from Fantus as he continues to work his way back into the Ticats lineup. The not very highly targeted field wide receiver position is Shamad Chambers. He's a $3,300 salary this week on DraftKings, so we're just going to breeze by that a little bit. Uh, That'll be up against Brandon Alexander in that field corner position. And along the run game, Alex Green now has been given the the controls to the offense along the run game. 140 yards on the season so far, 10.8 yards per carry, and a $5,400 salary this week on DraftKings. In that week number eight game, C.J. Gable, of course, got the start for the Ticats at the running back position. Seven carries, 12 yards, and three catches for 38 yards. Not a lot of production from the Ticats in that previous outing. And in the return game, a bit of a different one. Damar Aldman not on the depth chart for this week. Willie Quinn will make his debut. 5'5", 150 pounds, so not a whole lot on him, but uh, imagine some explosiveness you'll be able to see, and he's also not on DraftKings for this week. For the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Matt Nichols, $10,900 salary this week on DraftKings. Darvin Adams, 105 targets, 8 on average per game, 67 catches, 64% catch percentage, $8,200 salary this week. Carriel Brooks will be that boundary corner. He'll be going up against as a boundary wide receiver. Yeah, with Carriel Brooks, he finally is showing up on the depth chart in that position. Last week in the Ticats game, it actually showed with uh, Abdul Kane at the boundary cornerback, but Brooks was the one that got the start there and did play there. So he goes against Darvin Adams this week, and the Ticats have had Brooks in that position for a few weeks now. 6.5 targets per game, 46% completion rate, 42.5 yards. Now that's a small sample size. It's tough to really predict when you have those small sample sizes against a young defensive back. The Ticats like what they have in Brooks there. Uh, in the previous outing, and I believe in this one, this was against uh, Don Anamba, or could have actually been going all the way back in the Ticats defense to uh, the position there as Khalid Wooten. Uh, six catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown for Darvin Adams in that week, week eight outing. A guy that we consensus might be pretty high on this week. You'll have to check out our rankings is Clarence Denmark. 69 targets on the season, 47 catches, 5.3 targets per game on average, a 68% catch percentage, $5,500 salary. And on the depth chart, Clarence Denmark will line up on the field side or the boundary slot back rather but that'll change a little bit as to the way he'll actually line up and I know that originally Damon Washington was in that spot but now it's going to be Osagi Odiasi. Yeah last out and out for Clarence Denmark in the matchup between these two teams seven catches 69 yards in that game for the Ticats defense uh, in that spot, it has been Mond Washington for a number of weeks now. He had been doing a pretty good job in what was a fairly high-targeted position and less than 60% completion rate. So now Odiasi makes his debut at the position, so there might be opportunity against a young defensive back for Clarence Denmark. Ryan Langford, 29 targets, 2.9 on average per game, 17 catches, and a 58% catch percentage. He's got value in the kickoff return game as well. He's averaging 25.2 yards. He has one touchdown, and that's $4,700 salary on DraftKings. It has been Emmanuel Davis, but he's listed as the backup, so it'll be Richard Leonard debuting in that spot. And the Ticats as a team average 6.5 targets, 4.9 catches, 75% 
completion percentage in that position. So there might be some opportunity for Ryan Lankford. Uh, Timothy Flanders, well, he'll again finally be showing up on the depth chart. No, he's still listed as a backup running back, actually, but he does play that field side slot back to the inside position. 25 targets, 4.1 per game on average, 21 catches, 88% catch percentage, and a $5,300 salary. That'll line him up against Abdul Kane and the Sam linebacker spot. Yeah, and again for Kane, just a one game sample there in him in that spot as he played there last week. For the Ty Cats as a team, in the Sam linebacker position, 5.2 targets per game, 79% completion rate, 49.6 yards. And those 49.6 yards put them towards the low end of things uh, when you compare them to some of the other teams. So uh, maybe for Flanders, it might be a little bit of a down week. Last time out, he did actually play in that as they started to move into that two-headed monster system with he and Andrew Harris having the ability to come out of the backfield. Six carries for 20 yards and a touchdown. He didn't have any any catches in that outing. And then on the field-wide receiver position, that'll be Matt Coates, who's a kind of a lower-targeted spot, so we're not going to go through all the particulars for that $3,200 salary on DraftKings. That'll be Don Onamba in that position in that field corner spot, as well as uh, Drew Walatarski making his debut, but he is not on DraftKings this week. Well, a guy we know is going to see the ball is Andrew Harris, second in the league in rushing with 793 yards. He's got 5.5 yards per carry. And uh, through the air, 100 targets, 7.7 per game. He does average with an 84% catch percentage and an $8,600 salary. And last time out, 14 carries, 107 yards, and then also added two catches for 21 yards. Again, going back to her injury segment, that might be the only thing I might be a little bit concerned about Andrew Harris about because the Ticats defense has improved as a run group. They're giving up 102.1 yards per game uh, from scrimmage to starting running backs in in the lineups. So they're actually fifth amongst team defenses at that. So uh, this might be an opportunity with Andrew Harris that they might get a lead and be able to get spell him out. That would be the concern. And so you might want to treat him as you have with Jerome Massum in the last number of weeks. And Kevin Fogg in the return game, as mentioned previously and a number of times, a defensive back, so he will not be on DraftKings. And that wraps up Winnipeg and Hamilton. Saskatchewan Roughriders heading into BMO Field, which has been a tough place to play for opponents this season. Kevin Glenn, quarterback, $9,900 salary. May as well throw in Brandon Bridge there just for the fun of it. $8,100 as well. Naaman Roosevelt making the return back to the lineup after that scary hit a couple of weeks ago. 92 targets on the air, 7.6 per game on average, 64 catches, $8,000 salary. This week in a 69% catch percentage. He'll slide right back into that boundary slot back spot. And that'll put him up against uh, Brandon Harris, a guy that the Toronto Argonauts have been a little bit higher on in recent weeks. Well, the last time these two teams played was week number six, and the Riders came away with a 38-27 victory on home field. And in that game, Naaman Roosevelt, five catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown. He was... Maybe a little bit below what he normally does, but that was against Johnny Sears in that matchup. Now he gets Brandon Harris, who, as you mentioned, Dave, has improved and and really is uh, showcasing himself to that Argonauts coaching staff so much that they're struggling to maybe find a a way to get uh, previous starter Johnny Sears back into the lineup. So there is opportunity for Brandon Harris to continue in this role. Again, keep an eye on the depth chart as things could change, but 7.7 targets per game since he's been in there, 65% completion rate, 60.6 yards per game. There'll be four depth charts coming out Friday morning, so make sure to keep an eye out for those. And Johnny Sears is one name that was very popular in that game in Regina. Well, obviously, that uh, fumble that he tried to stand Duran Carter up instead of actually tackling him. And Duran Carter himself, that was the highlight reel game where that one-handed catch. Well, Carter so far this year, 92 targets, 7 on average per game, 56 catches, 61% catch percentage. $8,600 salary. This will not be a quasi Wusuansa, which he played against last time. It'll be Alden Darby in that boundary corner. Well, in that last time, Dave, nine catches, 131 yards, and two touchdowns for this matchup against Alden Darby. A league high, 8.3 targets per game, a 52% completion rate, though. So teams are trying to go after Alden Darby, but not having the greatest of success so far this season, at least from the completions, because then you flip it around with the yards per game, and that's 87 yards per game. So uh, Darby is someone that maybe uh, might break up a pass, but he also might give up a big play as well. 
Bakari Grant is a guy who's known to make some big plays. 87 targets this season, 6.7 per game on average, which is right up there amongst the big three with Saskatchewan. 65 catches, 75% catch percentage, which is a shining one, a $7,000 salary on DraftKings. That'll have him at the field side slot back to the inside up against Cassius Vaughn, the Sam linebacker. And as we mentioned in the injury segment, Marcus Ball has been playing here for a few weeks going. Also, Kadarius Ford saw some time last week, but Vaughn did return to practice this week. It's expected that he'll be in the lineup for Bakari Grant in the previous matchup, which was against Cassius Vaughn. Five catches, 115 yards, and for Vaughn, since he's been in the lineup in that spot, 7.2 game or 7.2 targets per game, 74% completion rate, and 64.6 yards per game. That's the most on a per-game basis of anyone that's played Sam Linebacker for more than three games this year. Caleb Hawley, 40 targets on the air, 5 on average per game, 27 catches, 67% catch percentage, $4,500 salary. That'll be the field side slot back to the outside. I'll have him up against the field halfback, which is Rico Murray. 5.4 targets so far this season, only 2.4 catches and a 43% catch percentage. That's amongst the best in the Canadian Football League, so that'll be an interesting one to watch this weekend. And Rob Begg, um, a not really heavily targeted field-wide receiver spot, so Rob if you're listening, no disrespect to you, $3,800 salary on DraftKings. That'll put him up against Mitchell White. And wow, if you've never heard of Mitchell White before, that's probably going to be a shutdown situation. And the big the big name that I think a number of people are excited, especially DFS players, a lot of press that's been behind this for the last couple of months, and it finally comes true. Trent Richardson making his debut in the lineup for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and a very similar running back to a Cameron Marshall, but hey, the guy played in the NFL, so he might be a little bit better, even though Marshall did too. $5,500 on DraftKings this week. And in the previous matchup, Cameron Marshall was in there, Dave, for the Rough Riders, and yeah, as you mentioned, the uh, Richardson will make his debut for Marshall. 18 carries, 110 yards, and then two catches for eight yards. So plenty of usage. I think for some people, they're really wondering what to do with Trent Richardson this week. We've heard it on our TSN radio appearances. What do we think of him? And this is going to be one that maybe I'm going to play a bit of a wait and see on because the Argonauts defense with the defensive line there, especially with Victor Butler and Cleon Lang back in there, they've been shutting guys down. So they might struggle a little bit, but you know, in the weeks going forward, as he gets more comfortable, Trent Richardson has the ability to be a big-time running back in your lineup. Guy that was comfortable last week taking one to the house in the kick return game is Christian Jones, averaging 17.3 yards in punts and one touchdown. Kickoffs, 20.6 yards and $3,000 salary this week. So still a very affordable price for Christian Jones. Toronto Argonauts, Ricky Ray, $10,400 on DraftKings, SJ Green the highest targeted receiver in the Canadian Football League, 131 of those, 9.4 per game, 77 catches, 59% catch percentage, $8,800 salary on DraftKings, has him in the boundary slot back, and man, if there is one matchup that I think everyone should be excited about this weekend, it's him going up against Ed Ganey in that boundary halfback. Yeah, well, six catches and 68 yards and a touchdown for SJ Green in that previous matchup, I think that... Uh, this could be a premier thing to watch for uh, one of those matchups that you only get once a week. And this could be the one to watch for this week. As far as Ed Ganey goes, 7.9 targets per game, 65% completion rate, and 80.5 yards. So he's given up plenty. But as you saw with SJ Green in this previous matchup, he has the ability to maybe keep him at lower numbers. I know for SJ Green, you're, you're looking at someone that is always up at that upper level, but we saw it the last couple weeks that he can take a while in a game to get going. I'm not sure how to really evaluate SJ Green, but it's going to be a fun one to watch either way. Definitely you can make your own decision on that one, I suppose, and uh, you have to check with the rankings as well to see where we have him. Devere Posey, 61 targets, 7.6 on average per game, 39 catches, 64% catch percentage, 83 $100 salary on DraftKings. That'll have him up against a Casey Rogers and that boundary corner spot. And Devere Posey, when he's been in the lineup for Ricky Ray, the games that he's been there, he's been a high-targeted guy. But um, you, you, I'm really curious to see how he'll match up against an aggressive corner like Casey Rogers. Yeah, this is going to be another one that I'm watching for because Casey Rogers has that shutdown ability. 
He's one of the higher targeted boundary cornerbacks, but really doesn't give up much on a per catch or on a per target basis and is middle of the road when it comes to the yardage each game. 7.2 targets per game, 57% completion rate, which is the lowest amongst boundary cornerbacks, and then 54.6 yards, which is just an average number right in the middle. So there might be an opportunity for Casey Rogers to shut down Devere Posey in this game, and maybe it might be looking elsewhere, such as the next guy, Armonte Edwards. Yeah, and Armonte Edwards is definitely a guy that we could be high on this week too. 77 targets on the air, 5.9 per game, 61 catches, 79% catch percentage, and a $6,600 salary on DraftKings. Field side slot back to the outside that'll have him up against Cresden Butler, the field halfback of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah, Cresden Butler in that matchup. It might be an opportunity for uh, Armonte Edwards, previous out in five catches for 74 yards against his former team as far as Cresden Butler goes. 5.7 targets per game, 70% completion rate, which is one of the higher ones at that position, and 50.3 yards, again, towards the upper end for field halfbacks and what they're giving up. So if the Argos are going to do anything, maybe Armonte Edwards might be someone to look at this week. Jimmy Ralph could be a guy that they could look at. 21 targets on the year, three on average per game. eighty A $3,200 salary with an 86% catch percentage. So I'd... Don't know if we'll get too in-depth on these stats as he's going up against a Sam linebacker, a new one this week in a Derek Moncrief. And uh, so far on the season for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in that position, uh, as a team, 5.8 targets, 3.9 catches, and 67% per, uh, catch percentage. So interesting to see how that matchup is going to boil down. And, of course, Malcolm Williams will be in that field-wide receiver spot as Jeff Fuller, not healthy and ready to go yet. Williams, $3,900 salary on DraftKings up against uh, Jamon Johnson. Night-night and James Wilder. Love the initiative that he's been doing for the uh, Conquer Cancer Month there and trying to get everyone behind him. So bit of a tip of the hat to Wilder there. Sixth in the league in rushing, 552 yards, 7.6 yards per carry. 35 targets through the air as well. Four on average per game, $7,500 this week. In that previous outing, James Wilder, 11 carries for 35 yards, no catches through the air, but it's been really since the last three weeks that Wilder has started to take over things, Dave. He's done an exceptional job, and he's a big back to try to tackle. And for the Rough Riders, we saw what William Powell did last week. He was running over defenders and breaking tackles, a tough player for them to try to shut down so that Rough Riders Run defense is giving up plenty. They're now third in the league in the amount of uh, yards from scrimmage they're giving up to running backs at 113.7 yards per game. So they there might be opportunity there for James Wilder this week. And Martiz Jackson in the return game, 11.6 yards. He's taken two to the house in kickoffs, 22.8 and a $4,400 salary this week and that'll wrap up the Riders and the Argos. Welcome back Trevor Harris as he'll be the quarterback for the Red Blacks after a couple weeks in and out a $9,500 salary this week and Ryan Lindley may as well throw his in there in case Harris gets banged up $7,800. Well Greg Ellingson is excited to have his star quarterback back 124 targets on the air 8.3 per game on average 81 catches 65% catch percentage $8,500 salary on DraftKings field side slot back to the outside up against Luchez Purifoy the field halfback. Yeah, in the previous outing, Dave, actually, this was a big-time down outing from Greg Ellingson. Two catches for 40 yards. We don't see many weeks like that from him in the Red Blacks lineup, so uh, that's one to consider when you're looking at putting together a lineup. For Purifoy, 5.3 targets per game, a 62% completion rate, 42.3 yards per game. That is one of the better field halfbacks in the league. He's done exceptional since moving over there from the safety position, and this is going to be another fun one to watch for. I imagine what you're going to likely see is Ellingson a lot over at the field-wide receiver spot and try to get his yards that way. Brad Sinopoli, 123 targets on the year, 8.2 per game. It's scary similar between the two, 88 catches, 72% catch percentage in the $7,300 salary on DraftKings. Chandler Fenner, the Sam linebacker, will be the guy he'll be going toe-to-toe with. Yeah, and for Fenner, 6.4 targets per game, 71% completion rate, 55.8 yards, one of the higher amounts as far as what a Sam linebacker is giving up and as far as Ellingson in the previous outing, 
Four catches for 61 yards against the Lions. Deontay Spencer, 89 targets on the year, 5.9 per game, 56 catches, 63% catch percentage, and a $7,900 salary this week. And the punts, he's got the value there as well. Quincy McDuffie has been handling punts, but uh, sometimes he might leave the game. And if that does happen, 12.3 point, uh, 12.3 yards he does have in one touchdown. Kickoffs, 23.3. He's the kickoff guy. He's one of them for yards there. Well, Deontay Spencer will line up in that boundary wide receiver position and that'll go up against Ronnie Yell. Ronnie Yell so far this season in that boundary corner 6.8 per game at targets on average 4.6 catches 67 percent completion percentage and in that previous outing Deontay Spencer had seven catches for 61 yards. In the boundary slot back spot that's going to be Jerron Kreiner. Didn't have that great of a game last week but on the season so far 14 targets he averages five per game seven catches only a 50 percent catch percentage $4,400 salary on DraftKings. That'll line him up against TJ Lee in the boundary halfback. And Lee so far this season, 7.2 targets, 4.3 catches, 60% catch percentage. So pretty decent numbers on that one. And then finally, the field wide receiver will be Jay Cardi. Won't really go through those numbers. $3,900 salary this week on DraftKings. And on the depth chart, he'll be lining up against Anthony Gator. In the previous outing for Hardy, though, six catches for 68 yards. So actually a pretty decent outing for him. All right, flipping it over to the running back spot. William Powell has really been turning it on over recent weeks. Fourth in the league in rushing now, 743 yards, 5.8 yards per carry, 33 targets through the air as well, just under four per game, and a $7,600 salary. Yeah, and he gets the BC Lions run defense, and they've actually been a little bit underrated. You talk about someone like Mikhail Brooks, and of course, Solomon Elamimi and chasing running backs down, and the BC Lions have actually done fairly well. In that 31-24 to Red Blacks victory in week number 10, Moses Madu actually got the start, 11 carries for 42 yards and a touchdown, and five catches for 40 yards and another touchdown. So it was a pretty good day for Madu from a fantasy standpoint as he contributed to two touchdowns. But for the Lions' uh, run defense and how they've shut down running backs, they're the number two most efficient run uh, group uh, as far as that goes only giving up 93.9 yards from scrimmage to teams running backs. Quincy McDuffie finally the return game 7.4 yards uh, in the punts kickoffs 20.7 and a $5,200 salary. Over to the BC Lions, Jonathan Jennings, $9,300 salary this week. Very affordable on DraftKings, Emmanuel Arsenault, 100 targets on the year, 7.7 per game on average, 69 catches, 69% catch percentage as well, a $7,600 salary on DraftKings. That'll be up against Jarrell Gavins, who's back in that spot for the Ottawa Red Blacks of the Boundary Hatback. Well, these two saw each other in week number 10, seven catches for 101 yards from Arsenal in that matchup at TD Play Stadium, and for Gavins this year, 6.9 targets per game, 68% completion rate, and 67.7 yards per game. That puts him number two on an individual basis behind Ed Ganey, although there are a couple of Edmonton Eskimos uh, boundary halfbacks that are giving up similar numbers. This is one where teams are getting a little bit against the Ottawa Red Blacks defense, so it might be an opportunity for Arsenal against Jarrell Gavins. Chris Williams, 49 targets on the air, 7 on average per game, 30 catches, 61% catch percentage, $7,200 salary this week. Up against Corey Tindall, a guy that Dan has liked in the past, but uh, Tindall's numbers have been a little middle of the road over the last couple of weeks in that boundary corner. Yeah, he's given up a little bit more as the weeks go on here, and so it's tough for me to evaluate Corey Tindall. I, I wanted to really like what he was doing. He was up there in that upper echelon with Tommy Campbell and with uh, Casey Rogers and Chris Randall, but now he's starting to give up, and last week he gave up some to Deron Carter, and the week before, of course, a big day to Darvin Adams. For Chris Williams in the previous outing, three catches for 23 yards. For Tyndall, what he's given up, he's not getting many targets still, 3.8 targets per game, 70% completion rate, and 47.1 yards per game. Those numbers are going up every week, and maybe that is just one where it's not a huge sample size so it's going to be a one to watch for this week. And Brian Burnham could be one to watch for this week as well. 85 targets, 7.7 on average per game, 55 catches, 65% catch percentage, $8,300 salary on DraftKings. And he'll go up against a Sam linebacker, which what it looks like 
could be Nick Taylor or it might be Adrian James. As we mentioned earlier in the injury segment, we'll have to wait and see who that is. Yeah, with Adrian James, not many targets that he's given up in the last number of weeks. So this could be one that maybe will be a little bit down on Burnham. But if Nick Taylor's in there, we're going to be a little bit higher on. In the previous outing against Taylor, eight catches, 112 yards, and a touchdown for Brian Burnham. What Taylor is giving up. 8.7 targets per game, a 71% completion rate, and 59 yards per game. That's the second most among Sam linebackers, so there might be opportunity there for Brian Burnham. Then to the field side, slot back to the outside. Shaq Johnson lined up against Sherrod Baltimore in that field halfback spot. Johnson, 35 targets on the year, 3 on average per game, $3,500 salary this week on DraftKings. And in that field side slot back, or the field halfback position, rather, Sherrod Baltimore for the Red Blacks. Eight targets on the year, 4.1 catches though. Heavily targeted, but not a lot of yards given up. 52% catch percentage in that spot. Marco Ainuzzi, the field wide receiver position. He'll be going uh, toe-to-toe with Jonathan Rose. Rose, 30, uh, 3.3 targets on average, 1.8 uh, catches. He's given up 55% catch percentage in Ainuzzi. $3,800 salary on DraftKings. Should also mention their previous outings. Uh, Johnson had one catch for 10 yards, and Iannuzzi, three for 45. So right along the standard for Iannuzzi's numbers in that spot. Well, the other Johnson, Jeremiah, third in the league in rushing, 752 yards, 5.9 per carry, 46 targets through the air, 3.8 per game, and a salary of $7,500. And then the previous outing, seven carries for 31 yards and a touchdown, four catches for 39 yards and a touchdown. The Ottawa run defense, Dave, I'm looking at them fairly similar to the BC Lions as far as what they're giving up. They're number three right behind the Lions at 97.3 yards from scrimmage per game. Jeremiah Johnson in this game, I'm not sure how much of a of a usage he might get outside of the red zone there might not be as committed to him but again we've been wrong in that case before but I think this might be one that's a little bit more of a shootout and a little bit more of an aerial attack. Chris Rainey 35 targets uh, three on average per game through the area he's got that value there he's also primarily the kick returner but in punts hasn't been very successful 7.9 yards kickoffs 22.4 still has yet to take one to the house, which kind of blows my mind. $5,900 salary this week on DraftKings. Now I'll wrap up Ottawa and BC. In Edmonton and Montreal, a number of people are going to look at this one and load up on the green and gold, and they're probably going to laugh their way through it. Well, why don't we get right into business here? Mike Riley, $11,300 salary this week on DraftKings. Brandon Zilstra, number one targeted receiver, 97 of them, 8.8 average per game, 75 catches, 77% catch percentage, and a $9,200 salary on DraftKings. And hey, don't forget his value in the punt return game, right? If that's still going to continue, not sure I'm overly high on that coaching decision, but I guess I'm not a coach. I'm just going to sit here and scratch my head. But okay, let's get back to business. Field side slot back to the outside, up against the field halfback. That'll be uh, Greg Henderson you'll be going toe-to-toe with. Well, in week number two, these two teams played, Dave, another one where the Eskimos barely snuck out a victory in the early game, of course. The Alouettes in those first few weeks beat the Calgary Stampeders, beat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and nearly beat the Eskimos in week number two with a 23-19 win for the green and gold for Zilstra in that game. Four catches for 36 yards. This week he gets Greg Henderson, who he did go against in that game. Henderson, five targets per game, 70% completion rate, and 38 yards per game. He's done fairly well since coming in the lineup there. But Zilstra is one of those guys that has heated up, especially since Darrell Walker's come back in the lineup these last couple of weeks as he's gotten less concentration on him. Aside from that SJ Greenhead Ganey matchup, one of the ones I'm really excited about is Darrell Walker against Jonathan Mincy. Walker, in the three games he's played, 11 targets he's averaging per game, 23 catches, 69% catch percentage, and an $8,700 salary. And Jonathan Mincy in that boundary corner, he's always a fun guy to watch. Yeah, he is always a fun guy and always a guy that's going to be up in that upper echelon as far as boundary cornerbacks go, 6.4 targets per game, 64% completion rate, but the number that is above and I guess better for the defender, below average as far as what he's holding receivers at, 43.4 yards per game. 
he has given up there. Walker, of course, didn't play in the week number two game, but so this is the first matchup of the season between these two studs. Duke Williams, the second highest targeted receiver on the Eskimos, 72 of them overall, 6.5 per game, 42 catches, 58% catch percentage, and a $7,100 salary on DraftKings. That'll put him up in that field corner position, or field wide receiver position, up against Tavon Campbell. And this might be a guy that potentially could have some value for week number 16. Yeah, Tavon Campbell's giving up a little bit. He's It came out this week that he'll be joining the Canadian Rugby Sevens team at the conclusion of the CFL season, so maybe there might be opportunity for him to be a top-rate rugby player, but he is giving up plenty for Duke Williams in that week number two game. Just one catch for 12 yards, but Campbell, what he's given up, 3.6 targets per game, 94% completion rate, and 37.6 yards per game. Williams is going to be somebody I think that Mike Riley looks to a little bit in this game. Remember when Mike Riley used to look at Adarius Bowman? Yeah, kind of a head scratcher that Adarius Bowman, he does still play for the Edmonton Eskimos. Just want to confirm that, Adarius, if you're listening. No disrespect, but amongst all those weapons, he really has been a bit of an invisible guy. 48 targets on the year so far, 6.8 on average per game, which is third on the team still. 28 catches, 58% catch percentage, a $7,400 salary on DraftKings. That boundary slot back spot up against Brandon Stewart in the boundary half in the previous out. Nine catches for 117 yards and one touchdown. And those are the normal Adarius Bowman numbers that we're used to, but he certainly hasn't seen those in quite some time. Well, Brandon Stewart, uh, 4.7 targets on average, 43% uh, uh, completion percentage he's allowing, and 24.3 yards on average. And that's two catches there. You can do the math on yourself. But 24.3 yards, very, very low in that position is Brandon Stewart. So, that's going to be a fun one to watch. It'll be interesting to see how that is going to boil down. And then Corey Watson, the field side slot back to the inside. $4,300 salary this week on DraftKings up against Chip Cox as a Sam linebacker. And we won't really go through his numbers because, again, not a very heavily targeted guy. Well, one guy who's going to be heavily targeted, and it might change things a little bit. Hopefully, the conditioning is ready for it. C.J. Gable makes his debut for the Edmonton Eskimos. Eighth in the league in rushing, 466 yards on the season, 6.3 yards per carry. That is up there, and you know the Eskimos are going to use that. Four targets on average through the air per game as well. $6,800 this week, so a very affordable price. This will be Gable's first matchup against the Montreal Alouettes this year as he didn't play them with, as a member of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Trayvon Van played for the Eskimos in that week two games, 17 carries, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Four catches for 21 yards and no touchdown in this game. However, Dave, this is going to be one that I might uh, mark down for when I'm going to watch it as a game that you're going to want your fork and knife out because both these running backs are going to be fed. These are the two lowest or two highest uh, producing uh, run defense as far as how much they're giving up. They're giving up plenty of yards. As far as the Montreal Alouettes run group, uh, they're giving up 130.5 yards per game from scrimmage to opposing teams running backs. So there's plenty of opportunity against this Montreal crew. James Wilder can tell you all about that if you want to know how much they're giving up. And Chris Edwards will be in the return game. From what we know so far, Jason Moss might uh, do something a bit different. So he obviously is a defensive back and not on DraftKings. Well, Montreal Alouettes, Drew Willie will be starting this week, $7,400. If Darian Durant somehow gets into the game, we'll throw his salary out there too. It's 8600 this week. And the receiving core could be an interesting one. I know a number of people have been rolling their eyes thinking that this is just going to be one that the Eskimos are going to blow them out just like the Calgary Stampeders did. Well, maybe a bit different to that. Why don't we go through some of the numbers? B.J. Cunningham, 86 targets on the year, 6.1 per game on average, 52 catches, 60% catch percentage, $6,300 salary on DraftKings. And I imagine... The Alouettes are going to move things around a little bit. So we'll put B.J. Cunningham in the boundary slot back spot, and that'll have him up against Aaron Grimes in the boundary half. And man, that won't be an easy test. Well, for B.J. Cunningham, Dave, he was listed as the starter at the boundary wide receiver spot. But T.J. Graham has uh, moved into the starting lineup, and he actually was the one that took most of the snaps at the boundary wide receiver spot. So B.J. Cunningham has an opportunity to bump inside with Ernest Jackson going over to the field slide slot back on the inside taking Nick Lewis's spot for Cunningham in the previous matchup. Two catches for 40 yards. The Eskimos defense, and yeah, Aaron Grimes at the boundary halfback. Oh boy, are we excited to see what he's going to be able to do as he gets more and more comfortable in Mike Benavides' defense. 
for the Eskimos' boundary halfbacks. What they're giving up, 7.6 targets per game, 73% completion rate, and 69.9 yards per game. They're giving up plenty in that spot, so they're hoping that Aaron Grimes can come in there and shut things down. Ernest Jackson is going to move around a little bit too. 84 targets on the air, 6 on average per game, 49 catches, 58% catch percentage, $6,400 salary on DraftKings and likely going to be occupying Nick Lewis's vacated spot, that field side slot back to the inside, which will put him up against Kenny Ladler, arguably one of the candidates for the most outstanding player this season. Yeah, and, and for Ernest Jackson in the previous outing, two catches for 18 yards against the Eskimos. For Ladler, what he's given up, 4.7 targets per game, 74% completion rate, and just 29.6 yards per game. And TJ Graham will move over to the boundary wide receiver position. In the one game he did play, five targets, two catches, 40% catch percentage, $3,200 salary. That'll have him going toe-to-toe with Johnny Adams as the boundary corner. And for this one, Johnny, and well, actually, I'll go back to TJ Graham, Dave. We had talked about this before we started recording, what Graham did. He looked a little bit nervous in those first few plays, and think about who he was going against last year, in his de- or last week in his debut, no, none other than none other than Tommy Campbell of the Calgary Stampeders. So this week he gets Johnny Adams, and what Adams is giving up, 5.1 targets per game. That's a low number for teams, so teams are going after the Eskimos a little bit more in other spots, but 61% completion rate, 48.1 yards per game on the on the season. And the field side slot back to the outside will be Tyquan Underwood, and so far this season, or I should say his salary this week on DraftKings is $4,600. He's got a 63% catch percentage. He's seen 52 targets, uh, 33 catches this year. And that field side slot back to the outside will be going up against Forrest Hightower. Previous outing, two catches for 38 yards and one touchdown. And the defensive numbers for Forrest Hightower uh, so far this season. And he's been a guy that, man, if he can stay healthy, if, if the, when the Eskimos get Brandon Thompson back, that's all I got to say, man. Imagine the numbers that they can put up. But Hightower so far this season, 2.4 targets, 42% completion percentage, only 13 yards he's given up on average in that position. And finally, Sam Jaguar on that field wide receiver position, 13 targets, $4,000 salary. Not one that has been a very successful one for the Montreal Alouettes up against Chris Edwards on that field corner position. And Edwards so far this season, 2.6 targets, 50% completion percentage, and 11 yards. He's given up on average. Well, on the ground, boy, Tyrell Sutton, that's where the story may, might be this week. Fifth in the league in rushing, 641 yards, oh, just over five yards per carry on average. He sees 4.1 targets through the air per game and a juicy salary this week of $6,200. You know, it's interesting, Dave, in that previous outing, 12 carries, 88 yards, two catches for 18 yards. That's when things started to slow down for Tyrell Sutton and the Alouette's offense because in those early games, they were using him. He was getting lots of touches and lots of carries and Suddenly, as the season wore on, they went away from him. Now that Jacques Chapelain is out the door and Kavis Reed has taken over the head coaching job, they're starting to go back to Tyrell Sutton. His percentage use of the offense is going up. Now you're seeing them against the worst run defense in the Canadian Football League. The Eskimos are giving up 131.5 yards from scrimmage to opposing teams' running backs. Like you say, a little bit of an opportunity with Tyrell Sutton this week to perhaps get him with big value. And Stefan Logan with for the punts, 10 yards on average, kickoffs 21.7, and a salary this week of $3,500. Want to wrap up episode uh, 72. Any final thoughts, Dan the Stats Guy? Well, this is one of those interesting weeks because the Calgary Stampeders are on bye week and you're not able to grab the value or, or maybe the guaranteed numbers that you've seen over the course of the season from guys in the Stampeders or saving groups, so you're having to look elsewhere. So maybe have a look this week at our values article at 3downnation.com and then also give a listen again to our matchups if you missed any because I think this is going to be one where you're going to have to be creative with your lineup and try to go after some value plays to fill things out. Thanks as well to Adrian DeCorby for running our social media and in our DraftKings pool. I'll happily say Dan and I both beat him last week, so I'm still at nine wins, or he's at nine wins, so if Adrian gets to ten, he'll take over matchups for one week. That'll do it for episode 72. Have yourself a happy Thanksgiving weekend. Enjoy some turkey and some family, and feast on a lot of great football. Thanks for listening. Dan is available on Twitter at Dan underscore UK1. And Dave at Dave Dawson 7 and the show is at CFL Fantasy FTV. We're also found on Facebook and Instagram.